You're going to love today's podcast, especially if you love wine, but sometimes feel like it doesn't work with you. Ashley Hausman is the master of wine who partners with me in creating life strategy retreats where we talk about the characteristics of a wine as they reflect the character of inner quality that will make your life soar. And Ashley gets it. She understands how to tell the story of winemaking, how to talk about the soil, the surrounding vegetation, and the vintner's intent, the growth strategies, and relate them to how we grow and thrive to become who we're really created to be. You're going to enjoy this because Ashley's going to debunk some of the myths about wine allergies, and who knows, you might find yourself drinking wine again after years of drought. So put on your uh, your listening ears and grab your glass of wine and sit down and join us. Hey, Ashley. How are you doing? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, now I can. Sorry. <laughs> it was really choppy. <laughs> I know that was really weird. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm so glad we finally made this work. I know. Same. <laughs> good, good. Well, I can always chop off the front end. Good. I'll try not to have to edit the middle. That gets messy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so any questions before we officially start? I don't think so. Yeah, it's just a conversation. (laughs) Good. Okay. So Ashley Hausman, you have been a bright light in my life these past few months because (laughs) we're planning together something that I've always dreamed of doing and you're like the perfect person to do this. Thanks. I'm excited. It's definitely something that's uh, uh, new for me too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I, I think that most of the people listening have no idea just how exciting it is for you and I both to talk wine, to talk health and sustainability and just holistic awareness the whole package absolutely (laughs) it's fun to partner with somebody who is a master of wine it just makes me feel so smart to say that I know somebody who knows (laughs) that much um and yet to to partner in in building this retreat with someone who's so willing to take a look at my um curriculum and integrate that into the way that you lead a wine tasting so Definitely. I'm uh, that's kind just, of the beauty about wine though is that it has so many applications and there's so many you know there's so many entry points for for you know whenever I teach a class I try to hit on a lot of different topics not knowing what other people are coming into the class experiencing or wanting to learn whether it's geology or history culture, um, you know, grape growing, winemaking. And so it's, you know, and in this case, I look at it and I, I see, okay, like we're here to, to feel good in our bodies, to, to be healthy. And so what better than to think about what is going in our body when we drink wine and how that's being made and how that reflects ultimately in the decisions we're making there too. So absolutely, um, yeah, that's, that's why I love wine. <laughs> I just think it, it really gets you to, to learn so much more than what it seems. <laughs> well, and there's so much beyond what we see in like that new Netflix movie where the guy's trying to to lead them through a tasting and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Just pour me another glass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I think you and I see, 
you know, a much deeper picture. And I'm, I'm your cheerleader to try to help educate people on how they can love wine and not, um, not fall victim to a lot of the myths about allergies and stuff like that. Absolutely. But let's dial it back though. Cause we still need to let people know who you are. How did you get into being a master of wine and working in the wine industry? Can you just kind sure. of tell the Ashley story? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I liked wine like anybody else, but I wasn't, you know, super into it or knew really very little at this point, uh, back in about 2007, 2008, when I was living in New York city, doing my master's in English, uh, in American literature at NYU. And, um, yeah. And I, I just, I started to get this feeling. I I wasn't, you know, the economy, you know, the economy was kind of collapsing. I had everybody and their mother telling me liberal arts was, you know, not, a safe choice to go into. If I did my PhD, I started thinking, well, you know, I had never really thought of myself outside that context. And, you know, I, I've always come from a place of passion and literature had always been a passion. So I thought, well, you know, I'm starting to really get into learning about wine a little bit, but as a consumer and maybe if I work at a store, I'll, you know, I'll see if this is something that could turn into um, a career path and so I did that part time while I lived there and just got sucked right in. I mean, it was just it was fascinating. It did open up all those doors of learning that I talked about before. And um, kind of one thing led to the next. I finished my master's out there, came to Colorado in 2009 and ran a store for a few years called Littles on South Downing down in uh, South Denver. And that gave me a huge opportunity to be tasting all the time. Um, I simultaneously started taking uh, wine classes and certifications. I knew pretty early on that the pinnacle for me was a master of wine. Jancis Robinson is a master of wine in London and has written numerous books, including the Oxford Companion to Wine. And I just, she was sort of my hero. Like to me, that was, that was it. I admired her. I thought, that seems impossible. Therefore, I want to see what it feels like to try and achieve it. (laughs) And not even an ego thing or anything. It was literally like, if if anything, it's a, it's, it's like even going and doing like a fast or something. It's like, I don't think I can do that. And the second you locate a fear, you're like, well, I mean, you didn't try yet. So just try and see what it feels like. And you can always stop. And, you know, so I just kind of kept, pecking away at it and finally found myself in the Institute in 2014 and was scared as all get out and thought, I don't, I still feel like I don't belong here. What am I doing here? And, right. But I kept putting one foot in front of the other. And then I managed to pass it by 2017 and I was shocked. And so <laughs> I, I still to this day, Kelly can, I can't believe that process is over because it felt like it was kind of one of those things I started and I didn't even know in my own heart of hearts that I could finish it. I just, I just wanted to try. And so, um, but in the process learned so much in my way of my relationship with wine changed so much too. It really went from learning facts and getting a certification and, and memorizing a lot to really trying to understand them. The MW really forces you to ask so many different questions and to come at a question from about six 
plus like just dozens of different angles. So you get a question that seems simple or straightforward and you realize very quickly that it depends on the size of the winery. It depends on where they are in the world. What kind of what, you know, climatic factors are they dealing with? What what economic factors are they dealing with? And all of a sudden um, you just have endless amounts of learning and understanding to tackle and it's it's actually it's really it's a it's a beautiful way to kind of go about it a more holistic way of learning I love that I love that you when you lead us in a wine tasting you take us through a story of the winemaker (laughs) but that's something that takes years to develop how do you develop I mean, there's the, the technical knowledge of wine, sure. but, you know, how are you cultivating all those stories? Well, I mean, I come at it from having had a, a love of literature and from yes. very early on loving stories myself and, and there being kind of a, a point to it all. And so I think, you know, I like to understand why people tick and, and what they get up for every single morning and what their gift is that they're giving back to the world through their work, um, that they're not just farming and doing it because whatever, it's what I got to do to make a living. It's like, no, they, they have their own ideas and they, this is their art. And so if I can figure out what that is and share it with people, then they're giving their gift again and again, and it's not being taken for granted. And we're not just opening up a bottle without thinking about it and, um, and trying to understand a little more where they're coming from so that we can get the most out of it. And so I just, I just like to tell that story. I mean, it's, it's me just kind of repeating their story in many ways. And, um, and, you know, so many of the, the people that I choose for these tastings, you know, have such compelling stories and intimate stories. So um, it makes my job pretty easy. (laughs) I bet. I love that you blend your love for literature with your love for wine. That just shows the artistic side of the whole experience. Yeah. I don't think I ever told you I was an English major. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. No. And I ended up majoring in journalism. Sure. Um, Basically, it was a shorter program and got me out of school faster. (laughs) I was on my own and had to just graduate in four years or end up getting alone. So, um, yeah, yeah. but it it helps you. Journalism, I envy that sometimes because there's an interpersonal component that you hone. I mean, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now with me, like, or you would, but it's a skill to be able to talk to people and to get their story out, you know, and to pull that story out. So it's a different, it's just a different skill set, but it's fascinating and incredibly applicable. (laughs) Yeah, there's absolutely no mistake why I ended up doing that and how I ended up getting where I am today is such a different story, but I'm, I'm still in my coaching and training business coming back to telling people's stories because yeah. that's the way that people see themselves in a picture. Totally. I agree. Yeah. And that's what I love about the way you lead us through yeah. um, wine tasting. So oh, much fun. Thanks. <laughs> so how did you end up in the, the job that you have today? You got your, um, yeah, I'm actually doing what I did when I was working to get my master of wine. I, I, 
Well, so I own my own company, Mistral, um, and mm-hmm. um, at Mistral, Mistral is the wind that comes through, right? Um, you know, off the Alps and kind of rushes through the Rhone Valley, and it can drive people mad <laughs> in the winter right. time. Uh, it can knock berries flat off the vine. It can. Um, it can just, it can cause a lot of havoc and it can also be a blessing because they have very low disease pressure. Uh, so they can work organically. And I I just feel like it's a metaphor for so many things. These people have grit, they have perseverance and they don't have quite the fame as Burgundy or Bordeaux. And so it's a, it's an image that I like. Um, and so I named my company Mistral. And I do, I do a lot of private events and education and things like that I'm doing with you, um, mm-hmm. all, all kinds of stuff uh, in that capacity and some consulting. And then I also represent two distribution companies here in, in Denver, Craft Wines, uh, which does more domestic wines, and then Old World, which I've been with for almost six years now, um, which is all European wines. And so I'm a, I'm essentially a sales rep, uh, but I, um, you know, I've just, I've really loved having that kind of access to the market and have that, those relationships with so many different, uh, buyers throughout the state. And so it's been a job that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm, I'm going next. And, it's something I've just been really enjoying for the moment and learning a lot. And my business just has been growing uh, so much with the growth of Denver. I I think my master of wine has definitely helped my business too, just because um, I'm able to really uh, talk through a lot of our portfolio with different buyers and um, they, they trust me and I trust them. And so it's been a, it's been really great working relationships in the state. Yeah. It, it sounds overwhelming to me to learn the amount of stuff that you need to learn to become a master of wine. <laughs> but I, I love the story of you taking it on, despite the fact that you weren't even sure that you could. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it became just a personal challenge. Yeah. I just talked to somebody this weekend who um, said, you know, I don't, I don't want a lot out of life. I just want enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought, wait a minute, no, no. When when do you decide enough is enough? Right. <laughs> you know, every well, time you yeah. accomplish something, you raise the bar. And there's something kind of beautiful in that too. There's times where I wish I could say that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it just seems very, um, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like life is about simple pleasures and it is about just taking in, you know, you don't need more and more and more. And whether that means who knows what more means, it can, it can be physical, it can be mental, emotional, you know, there are times where it would be, it, you know, and I think that that's actually kind of the place I'm in and have been in for the last year, year and a half, two years is since getting my MW is really trying to slow things down and, take a minute and get to know myself better and get to, um, just, just chew more slowly, like think more slowly. Like, I don't know, just like slow down. And so, um, I guess from that perspective, I, I get it. (laughs) Well, I, what a perfect introduction to the concept of this new wine retreat that we're doing in November. Yeah. That's exactly the purpose. And I'm so glad that you actually get to stay for the whole weekend and experience 
the the retreat because it is so put a pin in life yes. and slow down. <laughs> you know, the last time we did, um, we tasted like six wines a night. Um, we realized, well, how, how, this doesn't quite work in, in the concept of yeah. health retreats. So Absolutely. Explain what uh, a little bit of your vision for how we teach wine and boundary management and help, mm-hmm. have keeping your health in mind at the same time. Definitely. I think we'll probably shorten it to a few wines um, because we can learn a ton from a few wines and we'll go a little deeper with those wines as opposed to glossing over, um, you know, trying to rush through them uh, because we have too many (laughs) to get through. We'll, we'll shorten that up. And I think what I'd like is, is to really to share the story because I always find that to be so crucial for us to understand what that winemaker was feeling or thinking and what the inspiration was. But then also I want to pick wines that really reflect a lot of different topics, whether it's, um, you know, benefits of red wine, antioxidants, um, uh, some neurological studies that have been um, brought out about various styles of wines that we'll talk about certain grapes that have more antioxidant properties than others Um, certain wines that um, you know obviously I really want to get into probably even more than specific health issues because there is so much kind of inconclusive data out there one thing we can talk about is how grapes are being farmed and what is going on in the cellar and how that why that matters and so really getting into organic the definitions of organic and biodynamic and other kinds of uh, practices and and worker conditions and um, you know sustainability factors like that that matter and uh, strives towards uh traditional farming practices, permaculture, like all these things that are lots of big concepts to unpack, which won't take a long time, but I want to bring awareness to all these little things. I I was saying this the other night in a tasting I did and, you know, choosing a bottle of wine is, it's a personal and a political act. And Mm -hmm. I think you, you know, the more, you know, the more you can be making good choices for yourself and the environment and for communities and, and that's really kind of where I'm going with my own appreciation with wine and kind of like the message I really want to deliver to people. So. So important. You said two things important to me. Um, one of them was chewing more slowly when we're talking about yeah. the reason for <laughs> slowing down, but um, making conscious choices about yeah. the wines that we support it's it's about something bigger than what's the best tasting wine I can get under fifteen dollars. Absolutely, there's so much more involved there, and I would much rather. It, there's a, um, I'm new in my understanding of this, but there's an element of energy that goes into preparing food or preparing wine, mm-hmm. and um, I just remember hearing if it's prepared with intention mm-hmm. and love mm-hmm. it's gonna taste better and be better for you yeah I mean that reminds me of the champagne that we shared at your last retreat right um by Benoit Marguet and he has that shaman that we tasted and that's precisely what he believes in and he he's you know 
he tries to put really good energy into the winemaking and plays good music and makes sure everybody's in a good mood. And if they're not, he tells them to go take a walk in the vineyard. And exactly. he believes in all of that. And that yeah, all that winds up in the bottle. Don't be around my wine yeah. with your negative attitude. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, get that out. And and I just think that that, you know, it's not to be taken lightly. I mean, it, it yeah. is, there's something to it. <laughs> It's so true. And there's even an old proverb that many of us have read about um, better a, a dry morsel in, you know, quiet house than a house full of feasting with strife. Yes, that exactly. Strife goes into the energy that goes into your food. Yeah. And it does more. It affects more than just your digestion. But it's amazing how it even affects your digestion. Yes. <laughs> so. I feel like I have so much to learn from you. Very much. Yeah, yeah, no. And kind of going with chewing slowly and back to your other question. I mean, we're going to learn how to really taste and appreciate and use our senses. And I think mm-hmm. that that is an important skill to develop because you can take that with you anywhere and it, it helps you slow down. Well, and it is a form of meditation. It is. I found that taking my time, even when I'm preparing my coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. um, taking uh, the time to be thoughtful and almost meditative. I have this coffee French press process where I let it steep for a minute and then I let it steep for three minutes. And, and there's a way too complicated process that only coffee snobs use. But <laughs> for me, it has turned into an act of meditation. I'm slowing myself down and not yeah. going for the fastest method. Yeah. And that's why in the retreat, um, one thing that I learned is that we didn't even talk about mindfulness around food until Saturday. So this time we're going to talk about that mindfulness, starting with the very first wine tasting. Yeah, that sounds great. And we're going important. to kind of employ a mindful approach to our food with every meal, and yeah. every snack. And we're going to go from um, the full size desserts we had last time to bite-sized desserts yeah (laughs) that we're going to really relish yes that sounds great and yeah yeah I think those are really good uh tweaks (laughs) good good um what is your dream with Mistral Wine what is the most ideal place Mm. where you can conduct a wine tasting Mm, so okay so is the question where I want to go with the company or kind of yeah. what I like to do when I'm giving a tasting and where. Oh, good, good. Okay. <laughs> yes. Where you want to go with the company. And just so that our listeners can, can figure out whether there's any way that they might like to connect with your company. Sure. Um, who, who really benefits the most from yeah. the services you offer? No. Okay. Got it. So I think when Mr. All, I mean, I might go on to start other businesses with different names. I think Mistral will always be, first and foremost, uh, just sort of an education and consulting business. This is where I'll run a lot of my educational events out of. And um, you can easily find me online at my, my, my web address, which is www.mistralwine.com. And that's uh, Mistral, M-I-S-T-R-A-L. Wine. Which is also linked on my retreat page. Oh, perfect. So yeah. can find it that way too. Yeah. And, um, but honestly, I think the people who benefit most are 
people I get to know over the course of time, I mean, everybody really enjoys having a wine tasting in their home uh, with their friends. And I really enjoy going in people's homes and seeing who they, you know, who their friends and family are. I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. I also really love when there's repetitive uh, tastings, whether it's with um, a neighborhood, which I've done several times for different neighbors that like I'll chip in and, and they want these educational classes or, um, like this last weekend I was up at the center for the arts in Evergreen and they've, we've done so many over the years and I usually do about four or five a year for them and, uh, Liv Sotheby's underwrites it. And it, you know, it's just, it's amazing to see the same faces over and over again and to really get to know them over the years and to get to know what it is they like, what, I mean, we kind of start to play off of each other and they, they are less afraid to ask questions. And honestly, those are my favorite settings. It can be anywhere in the world, but it's, it's really just with people who are comfortable with each other and are comfortable being curious and asking questions. So I love that you said any place in the world, because we're talking about going some places in the world. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's, it's so fun that you are connected in so many different regions. Um, What has been the most exciting place for you to visit? I know you've you've told stories about wineries in different countries. Hmm. That's a good question. I think, Probably one of my favorite places to visit was Northwest Spain uh, in the area of Galicia. And uh, I went through places like Rias Baixas, where they make Albarino, Valdeoras, where they make Godeo, Ribera Sacra, Bierzo, where you see Mencia Reds. And it's an area that just you feel, you really do feel the history going back a couple thousand years. And that's kind of what's funny about everybody that you go to visit is they really they start their story, not with their family, but so back in, you know, such and such BC and it's like every winery does this and it's, it's like, they're very linked to their, their heritage. And it's, um, it kind of has a, it just has an old soul and there's so many beautiful vistas. There's lots of different microclimates. So you can be by the ocean, you can be kind of in lush rolling Hills. You can be in pretty arid, semi-arid, um, areas as well, really steep hills up in Ribera Sacra that are just steeply terraced and beautiful um, vineyards there. I mean, it's just, wow. it's a feast for the eyes and it's something that I've never quite, it, it's not like any region I've ever been to. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's, I, I really like, and I like what, there's a lot of creativity there right now and there's a lot of inspired young winemakers that are really bringing it bringing it to life and getting it out there so there's more available out in the market now too how fun yeah think about the fact just like we have a bunch of craft brewers here Mm. in our part of the state um it's it's neat to think of um winemakers taking it to the next level a lot of times at least the people that i know who make their own wine some of it's good some of it's not so good and and it's it's interesting to see how people develop that craft yeah definitely neat well I can never get enough talking wine with you and 
<laughs> we'll we'll be doing more lots of more it at the retreat. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and um, possibly some some other events leading up to the retreat as they fit into our schedule. But um, yeah, just grateful to have you as Thanks. a partner in this. It's yeah, so definitely. Much fun. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I will definitely um, make sure everyone can get the connection to your website. um, And I'll uh, send you the podcast so you can send it out to all your people, too, and share it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for your time today, Ashley. I hope you have a great day. All right. Thanks. You, too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a glass of wine with us. Because we're talking about our wine and yoga retreats in this series, I wanted to take a minute to paint a picture of what this looks like. Think about it. You're going to leave the office, drive or fly to Colorado Springs. Come and check in at the Garden of the Gods Resort, which is a beautiful, breathtaking luxury resort with a view of Pikes Peak out of every room. When you check in, we're going to greet you by name. We're going to hand you a key, and you're going to go to your room, put your cell phone and your computer in a drawer. You're going to put on a bathrobe and sit there on the balcony, looking at the Garden of the Gods, working on your life strategy experience journal. At 6 o'clock, you're going to come downstairs for a Tour de France wine tasting with Ashley where I'm going to explain to you how the crushing and the pressing and the soil that Cerise render works together to make new wine out of your life. It's a life-changing weekend, and I know you want to be there. Go to 360lifestrategies.com forward slash retreats and see if you see yourself in this picture.